0: Shalom! And welcome to the Pade Center for Jewish Educators podcast series, Chanukah Pesach and Purim Walk into a Bar. Each episode, Rabbi Svi Hirschfeld will be joined by guest educators who will reveal the deeper meaning for each festival or year cycle event. The Talmud says when wine enters, secrets come out. So prepare to be intoxicated as our great educators each bring a text with them that encapsulates the spiritual essence and holy work of that time of year that will change our and our students' lives forever.
1: Welcome to the bar. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to another exciting episode or edition of, let's see if I can get this right, uh, Purim, Pesach, and Chanukah walk into a bar. Chanukah. Chanukah, Pesach, and Purim. There you go. It's it's
2: Yamatzmo, Yamashoa, and yama that's a
1: Walk into a different place. Okay. In any event, uh, that is our exciting podcast to assist educators and others uh, find more meaning, convey more meaning about uh, the different Chagim, Uh, this is our episode on Pesach, and I would say that, at least for me, this is uh, the most pressure-filled in a way, because everyone looks towards Pesach as an education-centered, education-focused Chag. It's uh, where the Torah actually explicitly lays out uh, mitzvah for parents to instruct their children, and I think that both uh, reminds us there's a great opportunity coming up, but also a sermon of pressure, can we do it well, can we succeed, uh, and so I'm really looking forward to uh, hearing from uh, my colleagues today. We are joined by Aviva lauer Goldbert who is the director of the Purde Center for Jewish Educators here at the Pardes Institute, and Ruven Margaret, who is the director of information technology at the Purde Center for Jewish Educators. Is that what we said? Director of Digital Content. Digital Content. Isn't that the same thing? I don't really know the difference. Either way, uh, we're thrilled to be joined by both of you. We've all brought uh, some key texts, some ideas, some questions. Uh, and uh, maybe you also throw in some suggestions for the seder or other moments uh, that you want to weave in. So, Aviva, how about we start with you? Really? Really,
2: really. Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, well, you know, I like to talk about myself when I when I'm in these podcasts. So I have to announce, as I probably announced a different time, because there's not so much to say about one person. That my birthday is. Tetvav Nisan. I was born right after the first Seder. Indeed. Wow. This is very exciting. Is exciting. Hmm. And therefore, this is my holiday. Yes. Okay. Um, the text that I am bringing is actually um, a very strange text in a certain sense. It is the text that we use as the scaffolding in the Haggadah for um, the story for the Pesach story, but it's a very strange text to use as the scaffolding for the Pesach story. And that is the Arami Oved Avi. My father was a wandering Aramean. My father was a fugitive Aramean. The story that comes from Deuteronomy 26. Um, and I would like to talk a little bit about why this. Text is the one that was chosen, um, and not. I mean, they, the people who created the Haggadah, they could have, they could have done anything. I think they could have taken verses from. I, w- if it were me, let be. If it were you, and you wanted to tell the story and you wanted to use verses from the the Torah, what, where would you take from?
1: I, I hear what you're saying. Shmot or Exodus probably would have been the first place we might have looked, where the right. story is actually laid out and told in length.
2: Yeah, that's what that's what I would do, um, but that's not what was chosen, and I think that there's a very um, particular reason for that. So, um, well, we'll we'll read a little bit, please. Okay, um, this comes in the context of um, when the Israelites have already will have already entered the land. They will already have entered the land of Canaan, and they are farmers, and they have grown crops. They are. Enjoined by God and the Torah to bring the first fruit, the first produce, to um, to Jerusalem to the temple um, and give it give it uh, over to the priests. But there's this whole tekas, this whole ceremony that they're meant to do, and um, there's there's a particular. Um, story, a narrative that they are meant to relate when they go up to the priest the priest is going to hear the same story over and over I'm assuming um, and th- and the story that they're meant to tell is this story that starts with my father was a fugitive Aramean so um, you bring the basket, imagine you're coming up to Jerusalem, you have your basket of first fruits, you hand it over to the priest, you can be the priest's fee here I'm handing okay, it over I'm, to you I
1: got it, got it
2: Okay. Um, and the priest takes it, and this is what you say to the priest in front of God. Arami Oved Avi. My father was a fugitive Aramean. Vayered vayagorsham bimteh vayisham gadol atzum verav. That father who was a fugitive Aramean, whoever that is, he went down to Egypt with meager numbers and sojourned there. But there he became a great and very populous nation. Vayareu Otanu Hamitzreim. We've turned now into, it's become the first-person plural. Um, The Egyptians dealt harshly with us. Those Egyptians dealt harshly with us. They oppressed us. They imposed heavy labor upon us. Um, And it goes on and on. They did these terrible things to us, and we cried out. And then God took us out of Mitzrayim. With Yad Uva Moragadol, Uva Otot, Uva Moftim. God took us out with a mighty hand and outstretched arm. Awesome power by signs and portents. Okay, um, let me ask you, the two of you, when we're reading in the Haggadah, where does this story end? Does it end with what I just read?
1: It ends at signs importance, right?
2: Yes, it ends with signs and portents. And it
1: cuts off a very important verse that comes next.
2: Right. Well, there you go. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks for you, ruined my, you ruined my... No. Um, also, I mean, who knows what a portent is, but...
1: I was going to ask that, because I didn't know what it
2: Assuming a portent is some kind of, like, miraculous event.
1: A sign or a wonder, right? An oat is a sign, so...
2: A wonder is nice. I think maybe you wonder, should call it like a wonder. Wonders.
1: okay it
2: Okay. Because... The Prince of Egypt, that's the, and you shall see my wonders, or something like that. Okay, but that's where we end in the Haggadah. In fact, though, we have more, there's more to the story. It says, He brought us to this place. God brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and one more pasuk, and wherefore, meaning because, or therefore, no, wherefore, what does that mean? That is why, that is why I now bring the first fruits of the soil which you, O God, have given me. Okay, why am I reading all of this out, and what am I trying to say? So, to me, this piece of text, which is so strangely cut off in the Haggadah, if we look at it in its wider context, I think we see what the Seder and what Pesach are all about. And that is my fifth grade science class.
0: That's what I was thinking.
2: Me too. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. What am I talking about? Who knows if it was fifth grade? I just made that up. But the idea of potential and kinetic energy, potential and kinetic, meaning I learned there that there are things that are in potential, that they're in this tiny little seed or they're they're they're, they're, they're there, but they're not quite there yet. But there's the potential for them to be there. And then in some, in some world or in some iteration, they become real. They become kinetic energy. They become active and, and, and moving. And, and that's what this is. Pesach is the, is the potential. Pesach is only the potential, but it doesn't end there. Pesach, we all think, is this great, important holiday. But it's a great, important holiday because it brings us to something else. It leads us. To this idea of we were let out of Egypt so that we could then go to Eretz Israel and build a life a normative life in Eretz Israel, recognizing God
1: mm-hmm.
2: Passover is just a preview
1: so, wow, that's really interesting Yeah, you want to say something, it? it's interesting
0: because they're bringing it from Bikarim which is really Shavuot, which is like the end of the process. So exactly. it's like the end of the process is already like a seed. The end process is already planted in the seed, but it's not actually actualized yet. And I realize I just used the word planted in the word seed, which is the wrong way around. But
2: I don't know yeah. if potential and kinetic are the right scientific words. Maybe it had something to do with a seed that has everything inside it that then will grow. But yeah, hmm. shavuot, I think, is the shavuot. That's the main holiday. Okay, hi. what
1: text did you bring for us today?
0: Okay, so mine is not exactly from the Haggadah. Um, It's a little bit more conceptual, but this is a text I've actually taught, that I taught in class, and for me, really is the essence of Pesach. And it's from the Talmud Bavli, the Babylonian Talmud, and it's in Brachot 17a. And uh, this is Rabbi Alexander, Alexandri. And after he prayed, he would say the following. He'd say, mm-hmm. So he says, Master of the universe, it is known and revealed before you. It is our will to do your will. And who prevents us? It's the yeast in the dough. It's the chametz. Mm. And um, so in, in our house at the moment, we're, we're going through our de-chametzization process, um, bedroom by bedroom, room by room. And, uh, you know, it's a, pro- it's a process. And so there's like the physical element of Pesach. Um, but for me, it's uh, it's a spiritual it's a spiritual piece as well that like we I I should speak in the first person I try to do the right thing uh, a lot of the time most of the time but it's hard and uh, there's there's a yets there's this idea of an evil inclination uh, a sp- kind of spiritual impediments which challenge us constantly and. Pesach is a time for me to, to focus on trying to overcome that Yetzirah, the evil inclination. Uh, focusing on chametz is a way of doing that. And Pesach is a time focusing on freedom from Mitzrayim, freedom from Egypt, that kind of constricted uh, that constricted place, that nasty place, the place where we're forced to do things that we didn't want to do. Um, Pesach is, is a way to get out of that. And for me, chametz represents that internally and just focusing on becoming a better person, becoming who we're who we're meant to be Um, and focusing on the different issues in one's life
1: where you're challenged. Do you find that sometimes like the the overwhelming amount, like you said, all the cleaning, all the rituals that go along with it. How do you make the space to focus on that Yetzir Hara that you're you know, working on yourself when you're really working very hard in your kitchen sink? Um, that's a,
0: Yeah, you know, and that might be the Yetzir Hara taking over. You focus so much on the cleaning, right? So you avoid the real hard work, right? Oh, my house is clean for Pesach, but am I clean for Pesach, mm. right?
2: I don't think so, though. I think that they mm-hmm. really are very connected. I mean, um, for me, I... I don't just, I don't just do chametz cleaning. I always do like a spring cleaning where you know things get gone through and thrown out, even if they have nothing to do or given away. They have nothing to do with chametz. They have nothing to do like with the actual thing that you're looking for. And there's a sense of, well, when I've purged or I've I've stripped down my existence to like what's really most important, and everything is sort of fresh and clean, I can. I can, that focuses my intention for, for the year. It really is a new year, right? Like this is, this is the beginning of our year in a certain sense and, a very strong sense. So it gives, when you feel that inside, I, I think it really also connects to your, you know, to the true emotional, um, and, and spiritual work of getting rid of the Saor Shabaisa
0: yeah and I used to do a um, I used to have like kind of cover knot uh, intentions that I'd do with with my students we'd actually I'd take my class around the school we'd do some chametz cleaning around the school and I'll I'd take them let's say to the computer room and I'd I'd have hidden a piece of chametz like a granola bar somewhere in the computer in the media centre and uh, and before they'd look for the actual hammers, I'd get them to think through some questions like, what are the issues surrounding technology, social media, where they might have an evil inclination, wow. right? Um, like their online relationships or how they communicate or maybe going to particular websites they shouldn't be going to. Um, and they think through those issues for themselves. Or when we went to... Um, uh, just like in, in the hallways or the corridors, I forget what you call them in America. Hallways? Corridors. We call them both. Both. Um, where they had their lockers. So, you know, how do you interact with the people around you? Are you kind and gentle? Do you use, kind, you know, good words? Or sometimes are you harsh? Are you inclusive or are you exclusive? Um, issues of Lashon Hara. Uh, we'd also, on site, we had like a restaurant. So we'd go down to a restaurant uh that's outside there and we'd think about issues surrounding uh food and eating and you know healthy eating habits etc um you know sort may be things which you put into your body which perhaps aren't good for your body right whether it's alcohol or drugs etc uh so i think maybe even the space where you're cleaning and you can do this around once you know around the home as well like when you're cleaning a specific space you know what do those spaces represent in your life, and how, uh, what kind of internal cleaning, you know, and introspection uh, can go on when you're cleaning the
1: external. That is great. I know in in our family, uh, after we have searched for the chametz, uh, everybody writes down five or six midot that they want to get rid of. Rather, I always write anger. I've been trying to get rid of anger for about 25 years and it's still in me. But and we I, we put it no we don't show anybody and you put it in the bag with the bread. So the next day, you know, you burn it up. It's like this attempt. I love, you know, you both have almost inspired me to want to do more cleaning. I do say almost because I'm not a big fan, but uh, I like both of those ideas. The idea of Pesach being a time of renewal fits in with like the idea of spring and it, part of renewal is like getting rid of those things that we're so dragging along we don't really need. It's such a great image. And this idea of how there's chametz all over your house, there's also this idea that, you know, there is negative feelings perhaps or negative inclinations all over the home in terms of how we live and how we speak to each other, uh, and it's a beautiful idea. Wow, those are both so good. Uh and now it's over to speak. So now it's my turn, so uh in the Mishnah, the Mishnah is a very interesting debate about the closing blessing that we make after we tell the story, right before the drinking of the second cup of wine. Where well, Rabbi Tarfon has it all just in the past tense. So the blessing is Asher Gaalanu the mitzrayim." you redeemed us from Egypt. And it's our dear friend Rabbi Akiva who adds on the language of He includes all this language of the future holidays and festivals where we're going to have peace and joy and all be gathered at the temple and we're going to rejoice in your service and this whole idea of this beautiful redeemed future. Uh, and for me, it's a very, very powerful message that we're not just celebrating a past event. Uh, but with Ravi Akiva's view, it would be sufficient to celebrate a past event. We can be grateful for what's happened in the past. But he's saying more is going on, I think. He's saying that within that redemption is a promise for future redemption. Uh, and I find that very, very powerful, especially because uh, I tend to lean into a lot of negativity In terms of myself and and other things. And the idea that you can reflect on past positive moments as a way of confirming the possibility of future positive moments. Rabbi Kiva's case, the certainty. Just as certain as in our history God redeemed us, our future also, there's redemption at the end of this whole story. Uh, and that type of positive take and how our past can actually make us feel in a positive way, an optimistic way towards our future, uh, is very, very powerful to me. And I think about Jews who celebrated Pesach in you know, really dire, terrible circumstances. And I just think that, that the blessings that I have now are possible because they believed in the possibility of that future. They didn't quit. Uh, and then they bequeathed us this uh, this beautiful future that we are already participating in. So I found that very moving.
0: Wow. I feel that ties in a little bit with what Aviva was saying, that it's a process, that there's a, a continuum of redemption. It's past... Present, although you didn't mention,
1: sorry, it's past and future. I'm wondering what you feel about the present. Well, I guess the present is sort of defined by the future and this past, right? And as I look, I don't look at where I am only from this perspective, right? The perspective of past redemption and future redemption, and that helps me see where I am. I think it does relate very much to what Aviva said the idea that it's here already even though it's only in its potential form, we can almost celebrate it like it's here already and believe that it's going to come. Uh, and that's a very powerful message.
2: I think it also connects to what you were talking about, Ruven, because in terms of the present, we, its it's up to us to redeem ourselves at this point. We are the ones who have to get rid of the chametz. We are the ones who have to think about what does that mean for our lives today and how will it affect our behavior, right? So, if in the past God redeemed us and in the future God will redeem us, I think God is looking to us to once again get rid of the get rid of the chametz that's in the dough. Right? We are partners with God in in redeeming ourselves.
1: Beautiful. So we now turn towards a little practical application here. So, and uh, we'll start with you, and then we'll come back to Aviva. How's that? Uh, so you already gave some nice suggestions about associating the place with the chametz and what's going on. Any other special tips you would like to share for those looking for a meaningful Pesach Seder or classroom experience to get uh, young people ready? So I think my activity
0: for Pesach it might actually be like an after Pesach right once you've got rid of all your chametz it just might be more conscious after Pesach of how you reintroduce yourself to chametz and where you're putting it and where you keep it and how you relate to it so it's trying to take what you've tried what you've hopefully achieved on Pesach and carrying it on through um through the Chag and beyond. Maybe, you know, all the way to Shavuot, right? And through the Svirat HaOmer, the counting of the Omer, is maybe maybe keeping that mindfulness of Pesach, because it feels that Pesach and Shavuot are connected. So maybe trying to keep chametz free, at least spiritually, you know, have that aim. Uh, if you can do it till Shavuot, then perhaps you can make it through to, you know, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. That would be a good
2: plan. So... I have a sort of let's just call it a thought in potential, right? It's an undeveloped thought. It's just a kernel or a seed, but maybe maybe plant that seed. You all can come up with some uh, some ideas how to make that the seed grow. Um, so I know that certain certain groups of Jews on the seventh day um, of Pesach they want to simulate the the crossing the Red Sea. So mm. they jump over um, a bowl of water or they step over um, or they skip over like Pesach, right? Oh, they pass over. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> That's, That's okay. the name. Um, they pass over that bowl of water. And I think that there's something really um there's something very kinesthetic and there's something very experiential that people can do with with um either with younger children and even with them you know older learners as well like when you have when you have made that step over, you, have, you are moving in the right direction. Where, where are you going? What are, what are you taking with you? And what are you leaving behind? So I think there's that kind of discussion that can, that can happen, whether it's on the seventh day of Pesach or before Pesach or you know, sometime during the Omer on the way to Shavuot. Um, what's the next step in your journey after Passover itself? I also
1: just want to point you also mentioned, I think something that's really important, that Pesach, for all the little, the things that we do at the Seder and for all the food, it's still a very talk-heavy experience, and maybe it's important to, I love what you said about doing something experiential, something with movement, especially for young people who don't learn best by hearing words Or reading words and people talking about ideas that to come up with some activities or things to do, even for adults, it can be very helpful to get up and move around a little bit uh, and not only be in them, not only when we're cleaning, but even when we're at the uh, at the Seder table. Uh, I think my takeaway, which is a really tough takeaway, but I'm going to try to implement it, uh, this idea of, of optimism. It's interesting. Many of us spend Pesach with family or even immediate family. And often those are the folks that can bring out the most judgment or criticism uh, in us. Uh, it's, a, it's an odd thing that we have sometimes a lot more patience for strangers than we do for our own family. And I know I am guilty of that. Uh, And so to kind of remind myself to try to really have a positive perspective on my family... Uh, especially at the Seder, and not judge who's doing this and who's doing that and who's saying this, but just try to, you know, see everything as part of this positive process going to a good place. I have to channel my personal Rabi Akiva uh, a lot more, I think, so that's my own personal takeaway. I can report back later if there was any success. We're not looking for perfection. Just to move the needle a little bit in a positive direction is already uh, a big success.
2: It's a big gaula.
1: It's a big gaula. Even if I just small or a small step towards a big gula, if uh, if that can happen. So, anybody else want to want to throw anything in?
2: Yeah, I think we need to put in a plug for the uh, interactive Seder experience, right?
1: Yes,
0: which can be downloaded at lmud.org.
2: Yeah, and for lots looking... of kinesthetic and experiential mm-hmm.
1: ideas. And the links are going to be on our website. Uh, I want to emphasize it's a great tool and more importantly very hard to go into the Seder without preparing right everything important takes a little prep here's a great tool take a look don't wait till 20 minutes before the Seder to take a look at it maybe take a look at it now or in the next few days and I really think being prepared and having some ideas will really make your experience a lot richer and a lot better so I strongly recommend it so on that note From all of us here at uh, PCJE, we want to wish you a wonderful, terrific, meaningful, ge'ulah, redemption-filled Pesach. And we look forward to talking to you about upcoming Chagim after Pesach. For more
0: great content, go to elmad.pardes.org. See you next time.